welcome to the Irish Pagan School podcast. Your hosts are authors and co-founders of the Irish Pagan School here in County Waterford, Ireland, Laura O'Brien and John O'Sullivan. Falcha. Back to he focus Falcha. Hi, hello and welcome. It's John O'Sullivan from the Irish Pagan School and we are here with another coffee question today actually um, to engage with our community who are fantastic and amazing and always seem to find some of the most stimulating queries, quandaries and questions to come to us with. Um, and I really, really enjoy that. So I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. But before we dive on into answering this question, uh, do make sure you're checking out the free resource that we have below for you. Um, it is um, yeah, it is. It's a great resource because so many people query with us those questions that people always ask us. Like one of the big, most common one is, is this a good resource or is this a bad resource? Are these like, do you recommend this? Do you not recommend that? Because there is a lot of bad resources out there. So um, that is what the gift is. It is a list of, you know, good resources, how to recognize good resources. But then also it's a includes a checklist for going through the classes that we have at the Irish Pagan School. So if you want to target your learning to a particular theme, a particular process, um, you know, it, it, it's a really, really great resource to have to hand. So the question that we have, it's, as I said, it's a fantastic one and an interesting one. Um, this one comes from someone who goes by me, mine, and it was on a our YouTube on a comment. So Laura did a video about I can't visualize in guided meditation journeys, uh, which is about aphantasia and then how to meditate. Um, Laura's guided journey practice, there's a free course on that at the Irish Pagan School, and it is a, a new way of looking at um introspective time frames you know a big part of being paganism of all forms of paganism actually and being pagan irish paganism or not um is moments of introspection is taking those times for meditation some kind of um self-aware moment really that you gift yourself to kind of look after yourself and take those inner journeys that we all need to do um so Laura developed a particular journey method, to, like inspired and working from the Irish lore and the Irish mythology, uh, which really helped her with her process around journey. So the question we have for me, mine, is the exploration of other senses bringing up, brings up a question for me. So this is in the video. Laura's like, if you're having difficulty with how some part of the journey is asking you to engage with a particular sense, it's okay to try and then shift your focus to shift and uh, your your awareness through one of your other senses, because um, that then can help you to engage. Because not everyone like engages with themselves in the same way. Not en everyone engages with their senses in the same way. Um, like I, I have visual impairment. I wear glasses. So if you ask me on a guided journey to look at something very far away, glasses or no glasses in the other world, I still might find that difficult to do. And that could be a, a moment or a breaking moment from the experience of the guided journey. And the encouragement in is to just try and change your own focus and your own thing to engage your other senses in that moment. And um, so the question is, um, in display exploration of other senses, it brings up this question of taste. It might be a difficult one if you're not meant to eat or drink when you're in the other world due to all that stuff with the she. Does the no eating or drinking advice apply to any other world journey in its entirety or just when the good neighbours are present? I've been using Laura's guided journey method for a few months, and I don't think I saw it mentioned in the Otherworld course at the Irish Pagan School. 
though it is possible I missed that. So um, thank you very much, Me Mind, for the question. It is a really, really good one. And I think we need to look at what it is. What what does the law, what does the information tell us about the other world? And then this prohibition of don't eat or drink um, when it inv- involved or engaging with the other crowd. Um, so the first thing really is if we go back in the mythology, if we go back to the actual lore and stories that all of this really comes from, and indeed Laura's guided journey pro- process is developed from, we have um, two main formats of other world journeying that we we have in these tales. There's tales called the Octra and there's tales called the Imrama. And the Imrama is the main one. It's about these these journeys where uh, insert hero here has an experience, goes into the other world, either in pursuit of something or stumbles into the other world. Um, and then they, they they journey around and then they, they experience a number of different locations and then they come back. Um, the Octra are similar, but they are, I think the Octra are actually older. I'm going to have to look that one up. If you are in the comments below, maybe ask me in the comments, which came first, the Octra or the Imrama? I think the Octra came first um, as these these hero stories or these journey stories. Um, and so in some of those tales, there is no issue. There is no prohibition in regards to engaging in consuming food and drink in the other world. In fact, very famously in the Ulster cycle, we have a story called Octra Nera. And in this tale, Nera, a Connacht hero, is challenged on Samhain by Maeve and Alil in their court to go out and touch a dead man. Now, everyone knows on Samhain, it is that place when, you know, the end of the year comes, when the other world is close, and when some of the rules and laws around how things are supposed to format and function are, are a little bit wibbly wobbly, shall we say? Um, and so there is, in many cases, uh, culturally, a very serious prohibition against touching a dead person, especially a dead criminal. And that was what was being challenged here. So Maeve and Alil, I think it was more so Alil because he always strikes me as a bit of a not not charming individual. I was going to say douche canoe. So why should I not say douche canoe? Why should I censor myself? You know what you're here for. Um, so Alil, you know, good lad that he is, he challenges all of all of his worthies and who, whoever's going to go out and go to the crossroads where there is, you know, a, a, a criminal has been kind of strung up and kind of touched a dead man. Um, and so other heroes go out and then they come back and they fail and it's all this kind of circumstance. And there's up oh, in the offerings is this big fancy sword, this, you know, jeweled hilted sword stuff. Um, and so eventually Nero's like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do it. And so he goes out and he actually makes it and he, he does touch the dead man. And then the dead man speaks to him about how thirsty he is. And so, you know, the dead man says, I'll, I'll help you through this if you can, you know, bring me around and find me a drink. And so this is where we get the first like inclinations, really. That my my rec- but according to my recollection, the recollection, this is where we we learn some of the prohibitions that really come around on Samhain and about home maintenance, because as you know, Nero, it's like okay, he takes this dead man down, puts him over his shoulder, like you know, and holds him, and then brings him around. And they go to a number of houses, and they go to the first house, and a dead man can't enter because the the I think it's because everything's been swept and cleaned. The fire has been swept out and laid. And they go to the next house and he can't enter because 
I think this one has the flowers. I'm not quite sure. But he goes to the third house and the third house has dirty water outside it. The water was left stand and left be dirty overnight. And then he can enter. And so they go in and the, the, the that dead man gets his drink from whatever is actually in the household. And then Nira brings him back to restore him to the gallows where he's supposed to be. And then when Nira comes back, that's where he comes across the next stage of the journey, which is a she-host has arrived and they have burned Rathcrohan to the ground. And of course, he's like, the fuck? What's going to happen? And so he sets off after the she-host and he pursues them. And they, they go into the mound in Kruachan, the she-mound, and he goes after them. And so he follows into the mound. He follows into the other world after them. And they ride right to the king there. And the king, like, you know, the riders realizing someone has followed them, they ride up to the king and they're like, you need to, like, talk to whoever's following us. And the king turns around to Nira and he's like, what are you doing here? Um, and he's like, okay, well, you know, I'm here now. So in this instance, um, the king then tells Nira that he is to go at, to a house and to live with a woman of the she there in that house. And so Nira does, the king sends him there. And so the the king then puts a, a an onus on him that he's to milk the cows and he's to bring the king the milk off the cows. And so that then becomes Nira's task. So Nira goes and he lives. He lives for a, a year of time with that woman uh, in the house as husband and wife. And this is where we see that the other world isn't just some underworld or hellish circumstance as it's been misconstrued in other circumstances or other stories. It is on sale, Ella, another life. So in this other life, Nira has another life and he lives as man and wife with this this woman of the she. And um, then eventually one morning he comes across some information, which then I, I won't tell the entire tale of Octroneer. I really could. It's a fascinating one. But it leads to him being able to get out, being able to get out of the other world. And the woman who is wife to him at this point is like, okay, you need to go back and tell Maeve and Alil that like, you know, what's coming, that the she-host is coming for them. And he's like, but mate, the Kruokon was destroyed. I saw it happen. And she goes, that hasn't happened yet. You know, and he's like, well, they won't believe me. Take some of these summer fruits, which are growing there, and they will believe you when they see them. So Nero returns. He finds that for the year that has gone in the other world, he, no time has passed at all. He arrives back and he finds Maven Alil and everyone else around the same fires that he had left them. So he completes the task that was set to him by Alil and he tells them, he warns them of the, the she host that is going to come and destroy Rathcrohan next year. And so they, they have a hard time believing him. Then he takes from his pocket these summer fruits, these out of season um, you know, vegetables and fruits uh, that, you know, he could not have if not for the fact that he had been in the other world. So in this instance, we have him living in the other world, having like a, a wife and a kid. He actually has a kid. And, you know, before the invasion happens, he's sent back into the other world to bring out his wife, his cattle and his cattle and his child from the other world. Because at this point, the men of Ulster have arrived, the exiles of Ulster. Uh, led by Fergus McGrath, and they are going to bring ruin to the the Shi of Kruachan, which they do. So uh, in that story, we have these inklings about like, you know, how to, to safeguard your home against the invasions or against for, you know, unwelcome spirits or un... Yeah, I, I suppose, yeah, like there are, it's how to prevent your home from being entered um, by things that you don't want to enter from the other world, like this dead man in this instance. Um, but Nira lives 
a full life in the other world. He eats food, he, he consumes, he has a full free life there. He escapes it eventually. Um, so he's not left with this bound by circumstance because he consumes food and drink in the other world. Um, that comes later on in the lore and in the mythology where we then begin to move into some of the more unsavory elements of dealing with the she. So what we then find as the folklore kind of moves on, we get less of a less of a, a, a kind of live and let live association between our world and the other world and more of an antagonistic circumstance between their kind and our kind. Um, and that's where this challenge comes up. And that's when we begin to find stories of people who stumble into the other world and are lost or people who, you know, um, are lost for years and they come back completely changed or um, they have the, the life drained from them or they come back and they have completely lost any sense of reality in our world. Um, but there are also tales of people like Turlock O'Halloran, one of the most famous, or they actually say he's one of the last great Irish harpers um, who lost his sight very young. And he the story is he lost his sight by sleeping on a she mound and the she took his sight, but they gave him the power of music. They gave him the, the skill um, of their music in the harp. And that's why he was so good at what he does. So the relationship between our world and their world does begin to change. And that's where we get this uh, awareness or this, this prohibition around consuming food and drink that is given to you, that is offered to you by the she. So to bring it back to this question and this query, it isn't about consuming food and drink in the other world or consuming food and drink on your own journeys in the other world. It is about accepting food and drink from the other crowd, from the dinimach, from the, the good folk, the good neighbours, the she. Um, and it is in the acceptance of that that you are engaging and agreeing to an obligation. And that's where things get tricky and that's where things get difficult. So it's not a don't eat or drink in the other world or on your journeys. It is about accepting what has been offered to you and, and being aware that there may be a price involved. There may be some onus involved. And we've seen that in, in other later stories where um, someone goes in and they're they're given a drink of like cow's milk in the other world. And then suddenly this individual is then beholden to the, the she lord or she lady who gave them the drink. Um, and then they have to fulfill a quest for them or they have to stay and join the dance, um, which invariably leads to ruin and someone losing their entire life lost in the other world. Um, so there are, it isn't about taste or the experience or sense of of taste in the journey method it is about the acceptance and the obligation that goes along with accepting food and drink from the she in the other world so to quote laura's many kind of classes in regards to dealing with the fairy folk just don't just don't um Unless you have, you know, a lot of experience, unless you have kind of done a lot of the work and you've built a lot of strong relationships with your safeguards. Um, oh, and this probably takes us to the next step, which is important to understand, because the query that usually follows from this is, but how does that apply to the two of the Danit? Because they are of the Shi and they went into the Shi. They went into the Hollow Hills uh, at the end of their stories um, or, well, 
at the end of the that cycle, this, the, the mythological cycle with the arrival of the Sons of Mill. And does this mean that they have the same obligation, the same kind of trick ownership by accepting stuff from the two of Danon? And in many cases, the answer to that is depends on who you're talking to <laughs> um, and what the relationship is. So the the two of the Danon, when they went into the mounds, they became what's known as the Aish-Shi. So they're not just regular Shi, they became this kind of Aish-Shi, A-O-S-S-I-D-H-E, if you want to look it up. And they're almost like a, a noble caste within the Shi, um, which means that they do exist within, within the same rules and structures to a certain degree, but they're also not bound by the same traditions, rules and obligations as some other members of the Shi. Because again, not all people of the Shi have your best interests at heart. Um, you know, for many of them, we are playthings. For many of them, we are moments of, like short moments of inspiration or exuberance or fascination because our lives are short. Um, so it is something to be aware of when we're dealing with that. But when we're dealing with the Aeshi, when we're dealing with the people, of the, the two of the Danon, the, the gods or goddesses in, in this instance, and... Um, it is it is safe to accept things from them if you have built the relationship with them. And that is what I would always say. And it does come back to what we teach at the Irish Pagan School, this concept of core quiveness, this right relationship. I have built a right relationship with a Dagda over the many years. And so if he's like, here, John, have a sandwich. I'm like, absolutely. I'll make the coffee. You know, that, that's, that's how our relationship has been built. And I know I'm safe in that circumstance. But if I have another experience with say the Morrigan, for example, and she offers me something, I might hesitate and have a, a quick check of the terms and conditions that may be involved with that circumstance. She has my love and she has my respect, but she doesn't have my service. Um, so it is about building an awareness of knowledge and awareness of these the stories and this experience that allows you to then bridge that for yourself. So when you get to those moments of experience in the other world, on those journeys, you have your your forewarned is forearmed, as we say. You have enough information to be able to look to the the previous stories, the examples to then allow that to then dictate how you should interact with them. Because sometimes refusing something that's been offered can be an insult, and that could lead you to a difficult or dangerous circumstance in itself. So it's there is no one cut and dry way. This the the don't eat or drink anything that's offered to you from the she is one of those, this is the rule because nine times out of 10, it'll see you sorted. But the best circumstance is to explore more, learn more, have a, as much information as possible so that if you do come across that one in 10 circumstance, you'll know how to navigate it safely for yourself. Um, so hopefully that does answer the question. Hopefully that does kind of give some insight and perspective for you, me, mine, in regards to that question. Um, it is a layered response really because the the question itself has many layers that are worth considering so um thank you very much for joining me for the coffee chat there this morning thank you very much for being with me at the irish pagan school again please do go down and grab that free resource we have because it really really helps answer a lot of the questions that people kind of come to us like is this good is that good here here's here's a list here is a list of you know resources that we recommend um, or how to find resources or how to judge resources. But then also for those, you know, pursuing their education with the school, sometimes it's nice to be able to say, given like the scope, there are like 
thousands of hours of, of course content in our Irish pagan school now from a variety of different teachers on a variety of different topics. And so sometimes it's hard to see the wood for the trees. And this is what this free resource does. It allows you to say, okay, well, I'm interested in Irish ancestry. These are the classes I should take. I'm interested in um, the she, the other crowd, the fairy folk, the, the good neighbours. These are the classes I should take. Um, it's Morrigan stuff for me and nothing else. These are the classes. So we we allow to break it down um, so that people can be active in their pursuit of their education with us at the school. So with that, I will say Gaurav Mahogat. I will say thank you very, very much. And until the next time, look after yourself. Take care and slán. Goodbye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive review in your podcast listener. Then head over to irishpaganschool.com and enroll in one of our free or paid courses. Slán and we will see you next time.